All right, welcome back to Taxel Insiders, everyone. I am Rachel Seidensticker, and I'm here once again with the CEO of Taxel Resources, Brian Seidensticker. Uh, Hi, everybody. Hey, welcome back. Oh, well, thanks for having me. I guess I'm, I'm usually welcome, correct? <laughs> Yeah, usually, <laughs> usually, usually I don't. People keep coming back and and listening and and watching. So I think the information we're putting out there must be used by somebody. So that's I'll, good. I'll, I'll take that as a compliment. We'll that's keep. Right. I'll keep blabbering then. Sounds good. The rabbit hole, as we like to call it. Yeah. The rabbit hole. Yeah. Uh, anyway, for those of you, this is your first time joining us. Uh, we try to uh, meet and discuss different topics that we feel are probably applicable to you as the investor. Um, we have interviewed um, experts in the industry from attorneys to other servicers. Um, and as of late, it's just been Brian and I um, sitting down, chatting it up about some um, some subjects. And we're gonna do that same thing again today. So uh, Brian, I think we'll just dig right in if you're cool with that. Sounds excellent. Let's do okay. it. Awesome. So uh, we're gonna go a bit kind of I'm going to say it's a way, but it's an interesting subject and I think a pretty big one. It's applicable to what's going on in, in some uh, big decision making um, through Supreme Court and so forth. But the tax sale overages, big, big statement, big uh, topic. Mm. I, I guess, you know, we'll start at the very basics because I think for anyone, it's an important thing to just understand the basics first. But what are tax sale overages? Tax sale overages, I uh, yeah, lots of different names I've heard. Excess funds. Um, uh, yeah, I guess um, bids. I'm sure some of the other terms. Yeah, overbids. Um, there's, I guess, but basically what it is, and this applies normally to tax deed auctions where it's a bid up, you know, style. There's there are some lien auctions where it's a bid up premium, although. Uh, say chasing the excess funds in those just isn't as fruitful. I, I don't know of uh, many people really doing that. Um, that doesn't mean it, it couldn't be. Um, but you know, the excess funds or, or overbid or overages is really the process of you, know, you go to the auction, right? If you go to the auction and they'll say the opening bid was $10,000, just for sake of example, right? That $10,000 is what the, was what the delinquent taxes plus fees, interest, all that kind of stuff. It's basically what the county is due if the taxes that had been paid you know, from the very beginning in this property never went delinquent. Um, but in, if the property is worth anything, typically that will sell for more than $10,000. And so um, let's say, for example, you know, the opening bid is $10,000 and it sells for $50,000, right? That $40,000 above what the county was due and what was sold is what is called the overage amount or the premium bid amount or the excess funds, right? And it's it's the this this uh, what do you do with those excess funds or what you know what can you do with those excess funds is 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 what we're going to talk about today. Yeah, and I think that leads and you know great transition to the next next question I have is uh, where did where did those go? Like who claims that overage? Who claims that amount? And and where does it does it sit? Or what happens to them? Well, I guess technically that's governed 
by each state, right? So each state could be different. And I'll kind of describe what typically happens. But ultimately, if you're wanting to pursue these excess funds in any shape or form, you really got to get familiar with the statutes that govern it. And, and usually it's it toward the end of the tax sale, it'll address exactly what happens, right? So if you want to go look up the statutes that govern the tax sale itself, um, if, it, if it is a premium bid or a bid up of a state that utilizes that type of auction, then um, it should have statutes somewhere in there that state what happens to this. But in general, what, what that means is it's, it's, I'll say, held by the county for a period of time. And that period of time can be anywhere from 30 days to multiple years and maybe indefinitely. I don't know of any states where it's indefinitely, but it could be. Um, I'm not an expert in every state. I'm not an attorney. I should probably lead every podcast off with that, by the way. Um, so, so the county uh, holds on to these. Now, there are in most states rights to the previous owner and anybody that had interest in that property, right? So previous mortgage holders, right, before it was sold that um, have right to that excess funds. But the county's not going to notify all these people and say, hey, come get your money, right? It's really the up to the previous owner and the previous mortgage holder to figure that out and then figure out the process of recovering those excess funds or that overage amount. And that's the recovery or recovering uh, mechanism. So um, the county holds on to it. They, leave, they give it a period of time and for the previous owner or interested parties to come collect um, that overage amount. And if, if that doesn't happen within that given time frame, then typically that um, goes somewhere, whether that goes to the general county fund, whether that goes to the state to hold for a period of time, maybe it goes to the state general fund. There's usually rules on where that goes, but you kind of have this time period following the sale to to act on it or the previous owner does and if they don't then that money goes you know in a general fund to be used for for other purposes okay and i guess is there a way that investors make money off tax sale overages i feel like you know is there something that can be done in those where an investor can come in and or does the investor make anything after they've bid this how does that work um well, <laughs> well, I guess what what is legal, what's not. I, I again, I'm not an attorney. I definitely don't want to state, you know, this is what you should do, and this is what people are doing, and this is this is the model to pursue. Um, I am aware of investors that are, um, you know, I'll say helping previous owners recover those overage amounts, right, in some way, shape, or form. And so, and if they can help that previous owner recover those funds, then typically the investor, as part of that fee, um, you know, takes a percentage of whatever that amount is, right, or takes a flat fee or however, you know, um, again, you really need to consult an attorney before you pursue this to make sure what you're doing is A, legal, two, you know, the documents are in place, um, and three, and make sure you're not uh, creating any enemies within the county itself, um, because you could do that real quick. And then even if the funds are there, you know, you're going to have a, a million hurdles between you and actually getting paid at the end of the day. But I am certainly aware of investors that are, are, are looking for excess funds and trying to contact previous owners or interested parties and work with them in recovering those excess funds. Okay. But how about the investor that bid that overbid at the sale? Um, do they make money off of that overbid amount? Is there an interest rate that's applied to that or... Where does that stand with the actual um, bidding investor, I should say? Um, well, I guess there's a few things to unpack on that one. In general, right, does the investor make anything on that overbid? No, right? Um, um, 
you know, and maybe there's ways of working with the previous owner after the fact, right? I, I don't know. I don't even know if that's legal, quite frankly. I'm probably, the again, talk to your attorney. Um, but it's not like, you know, the, the investor, right, if it redeems, right, and I'm going to use, I'll use Texas as an example or Georgia because they're, they're similar, right? There was the, the amount that was due to the county, which was the opening bid amount, and then there's the um, total bid, right? So back to that same example, the opening bid amount was $10,000 and I bid $50,000, right? I'm earning interest on that whole amount, right? Okay. Not just the $10,000, I'm actually earning bid interest on that overbid. So I guess I, in that way, I'm earning from that overbid, but I don't get that overbid in, a, in you know, at the end of the day, if it doesn't redeem, it's not like I get that overbid, right? In Texas and Georgia. Um, now, yes. I will say, you know, that is a nuance, especially in the lean side, that you need to keep track because there are some states uh, where you do get interest in that overbid. And I'll use Indiana, right? Lean auctions in Indiana where there's an opening bid, there's a premium that you bid above and beyond that, and you do get interest on that premium bid. That does not equate to Colorado. It looks similar, right? There's an opening bid, you bid a premium, but you don't get interest on that amount in Colorado. And you actually don't even get that amount back if it redeems in Colorado. It's a very different situation. Um, that's basically the uh, cost of doing business is kind of how Colorado looks at it. So you really need to know how the how the auction is run. Just because it's a bid up or premium, you can't assume that um, you, know, you as the bidder, you bid that premium that you're gonna get it back if it redeems. Um, but that's separate, right? Uh, that doesn't really apply to excess funds. As it goes to, to excess funds or overage amounts, then um, it, it, I, I don't know of a state where the investor has any right to those excess funds at, if it doesn't redeem at the end of the day. I gotcha. And I would assume as that investor who's bidding up the sale, they have to come in with that overage amount. There's no like you will owe this if the, you will always have to come in with that amount um, that you bid at the time of sale. Is that correct? Um, not always. Right? And oh. quite frankly, there's um, I'd say in most cases, that's a safe assumption. But um, Maryland's process is a little unique where um, it's it's a more complicated than this. But I use the example of you know, whatever you bid that up to, technically at the sale, you only have to come in with roughly 20% of that. Again, not exactly 20%. There's there's uh, rules you got to follow based on, I think, county land use and how much the bid was compared to assessed value. It's a complicated, um, but you don't have to come with the full amount at the auction. The rest of it isn't actually due until the end of the redemption period, right? So if in that example, I bid 10,000, starting bid was 10,000, I bid 50. <clears throat> technically, I don't have to come in with that 50, but if it never redeems, um, you know, at the end of the redemption period, I will have to come in with the with the remaining amount of those funds in order to get the deed at the end of the day. Um, so that's a, definitely a nuance that that uh, investors need to pay attention to. Okay, all right. Well, rolling it back, it kind of dipped us off a little bit, but roll us back um, just as far as tax sale overages as an investment um, mechanism. How you know, if you had to kind of put it, everything in buckets explain the differences in investing in these tax sale overages versus lien investing versus deed investing. Um, and, you know, how would an investor choose to, why, I guess, why would they pursue tax sale overages as an investment model? Um, well, I guess the short answer is because it's, it doesn't take any cash, right? It can be just your time to, I'll say, go after these overages, right? You don't have to have money to go find these rather than money to do your research, right? And do your, you know, typically the process is 
you'll find out you know, which overages there are, try to do skip tracing to find those, <coughs> sorry, to find those previous interested parties or the previous owner, make contact with them, and then try to strike a deal with them saying, hey, I'm going to help you recover this money, give me a percentage of it. That's kind of the general process. It doesn't cost you any capital to do that. You don't need like $100,000, right, to go do that. Um, and so from that perspective, it's a little easier from a barrier to entry. Um, now, that part of it is easier, but it's finding the excess funds. Then you do have to skip trace, right? Find that previous owner. I mean, again, these you typically tax sell properties and previous owners. There's a reason why the taxes aren't paid. Either they, they don't want to be communicated with. Um, maybe they don't even know that the taxes are due, right? There's a lot of reasons, but it's not as easy as just looking that person. In most cases, not as easy as looking up that person in the county records and they have a phone number you call a phone number and talk to bob and bob loves the idea and you know it's not that easy <laughs> at the end of the day um but i think when you compare it to lean investing in, in tax deed investing right you know lean investing takes a little less capital you know a little easier you know a little safer theoretically right um you got deed investing which is takes more capital typically a little harder not so easy you got to you know worried about the asset and then you've got you know um excess funds or overage investing which is doesn't take any capital <clears throat> it's kind of easy at least to, to start down that path but you really you you're you really you got to do it a lot in order to be successful <clears throat> and my personal opinion is is trying to scale something like that is very difficult Gotcha. Okay. Um, I think you touched on this, but let's just make sure we hone in on the states where there are tax sale overages. I feel like you mentioned mm -hmm. a few, but do you want to kind of encapsulate um, the, the ones that you know of um, that are out there? Well, yeah, I, mean, because I think of it as any state where there's an overbid or premium bid method, there's going to be overages that can be pursued, right? Um, again, depending on the state statute, there are states where there was no option for the previous owner. There is no ability to you know, get that excess funds. There's actually a Supreme Court case going on right now that is fighting the ability for um, right now. I think it's Minnesota that doesn't allow for those, you know, the previous owner to have any right to those excess funds. Right. And the previous owner is fighting that. Um, and so that's gone all the way to the U.S. Supreme Court to decide that. And we're supposed to learn that here in the next couple of weeks, what the Supreme Court decides in that. So not every state is it, but in, I'd say in most states, if there's a pre bid up or premium bid method, then you will find excess funds. Um, that doesn't mean it's easy to find what what those excess funds are and how to trace them, but the, the opportunity will be there, right? So what does that mean? I know, uh, well, Florida deed auctions, it will be there. Um, you know, Texas auctions, you know, property auctions, right? Georgia auctions, uh, you know, Oklahoma, um, California, um, you know, deed auctions in Ohio, Pennsylvania, you know, Michigan. Those are just some of them, but there's a, there's a ton of, of states that uh, utilize a, a premium bid method. Okay, great. Um, and just uh, for a knowledge base for, for anyone who's listening, Tyler versus Hennepin County is the Supreme Court case being heard. Um, and there's certainly a lot of information out there. We're tracking it. Uh, we've got it in our newsletter, um, as well as far as, uh, what information, what updates are coming down the pike. 
And um, on the, I guess we'll say the tax lien investor side and what that looks like and how that affects them is being covered by the NTLA and Nelson Mullen's law office. Um, but there's a lot of, you know, there's a lot of dissent and um, the, the fours. So it's a very interesting issue in the country right now, for sure. Um, as yeah, far as- we did. Uh, we did interview Matt, um, AB. So if you are interested, take a check, take a peek at the other podcasts and look up the one that's Tyler versus Hennepin. If you really want to understand what that's all about, go go listen to that. It's a, it's a yeah. great interview. Tyler or, um, Matt did a great job explaining exactly what the situation is. Yeah, yeah. Thanks. Um, would you say that there's any kind of quote best states where tax sale overages? If you were using this as an investment mechanism, um, uh, an investor should get started. Um. You know, that's not something that we do. I, I would say I'm we're aware of of this process. I'm certainly not an expert, so I can't tell you where the best you know states are. All I can tell you is is is, is you know the states that I know where there's typically a lot of premium bid are going to be the the more common states you know that people buy houses in. Right, Florida probably is going to have higher premiums. You know, maybe Atlanta area and Georgia, you know, areas in Texas, right. Um, I, I, I have no data. We have no data to say you're more successful in one state versus the next. So, um, I really can't answer, you know, that specifically. Um, but if you look up a state that you're in and, and you see that's a premium bid method and, and you want to, you know, start seeing if that's an option, then, then maybe it's worth a look. Yeah. Yeah. Um, totally understand that. So we don't give, we don't, don't give, um, investment advice, do we? <laughs> <laughs> not only, not only do I not want to, I can't in that yeah. situation. Yeah. That's, that's fair. That's very fair. Um, let's see, I guess pros and cons, you know, I think you've touched on a little bit, but do you, can you kind of categorize the pros and cons of this overage investing? I think the the main big pro, right, is the fact that it doesn't take much capital to get started. Yeah. Um, so if you want a model that's somewhat related, it doesn't just apply to just tax deeds, right? It, anything, any auction or foreclosure where there's excess funds, it applies to, right? Um, so, you know, I'd say that's the one pro. Now, the cons on it are... are um, <clears throat> you there's you can do a lot of work at the end of the day. Let's, I'll just use a scenario. You can do a lot of work to find a you know the properties that have enough excess funds that are worth going after the skip tracing to find that previous owner. You even get to the point where you get that previous owner interested party on the phone, right? At any point, there's nothing that ties them having to work with you until you have some sort of document signed that you know. I'd say getting paid at the end of the day, right? If this is a model you want to pursue, you want to pursue this, you know, just for the sake of helping previous owners. I think it's awesome, right? Just to say, Hey, that's the one thing I think severely lacks is the fact that this is even an opportunity for previous owners, you know, to collect on that. Um, Now, if you're wanting to get paid on that whole, you know, situation, there's, there's nothing until you get a document signed that, that why the, the previous owner can't just go do it themselves. Right. Theoretically, that's the idea. The county wants them to go do it themselves. And so now you're trying to navigate this. Hey, <laughs> previous owner, I've, I got $40,000 that you have access to, but I want you to sign this agreement before I really tell you you know, details about it. I guess you, you'll find people out there that are willing to work through. And if you explain it in the right way, you probably have more success than others. I know if somebody came to me with that, I'd be like, uh, 
click, right? Um, it'd be Doesn't very, I, it'd be, yeah, it just doesn't, yeah, it's like a too good to be true, weird yeah. scenario. Why are you calling me? Is this fraud? Yeah. <coughs> so there's a lot of cons as far as making it successful and then making making that successful at any scale. Yeah, that's, I, I compare it a little bit to, you know, those things where it's like, you've got money sitting out there in refunds from your um, IRS taxes, right? <laughs> like, oh, yeah. Well, is that is that really a thing? And you hear some people really have success in some of that, you know, where your taxes weren't filed correctly, but um, not yeah. always. So, yeah, I, I understand what you're saying. Um, I think then, you know, I, if, you know, just quick facts as far as finding tax sale overage lists and spe like specifically, is there hmm. an easy way to do that? Is there a, a quick one-stop well, shop? Or, you know, mean, where, where do we find those things? Yeah, I guess we we have sale results lists, right? Which will do, you know show you which property sold, how much they sold for. You can quickly do the math to figure out what the overage amount is. Um, it's out there. Really, the intended use is for investors to kind of do analysis to figure out you know where are deals still to be had for you know attending auctions directly. But you know for those that are interested in pursuing this, the data is there. You can go and you know log into TSR research and and check the sale results you know tab, download a list, and if you want to give it a go, the, the data is certainly there. Um, there are some states and counties you know out there that I've heard that are a little easier to work with. Um, as far as they make that, you know, easily accessible online. Uh, but I think in general, most most states and counties, you know, nationwide don't don't make that data really easily accessible. Um, but you can get, you know, the results we're able to get, you can down, go download online today. Yeah, I want to make sure I, I kind of capture what you just said, because I think it's an important thing. It's it's going out and, and figuring it out is probably easier than working directly with a county that seems to keep that information pretty close to them um, and a little harder to get the quote overage list itself um, and what those amounts are. So I think that that's the point that I'm hearing you make is it's, you know, you can go out and get it in the results files and, and it's pretty easy, easy peasy, but actually trying to get um, a quoted tax sale overage list or that excess funds list isn't always something that the county's uh, willing to, you know, release readily. So just. Right. And I'd say those are, those are far and few between. And I guess it's, it's, I'll say the same as when people, they talk to people and they always ask like, where did I get the best deals? And the obvious answer is, well, where there's less competition, you get a better yeah. deal, which is, you know, if it's an online auction, everyone and their mom is going to that auction, right? That, you know, that wants to attend that sale. A live auction makes it a whole lot harder, you know, less competition. You're probably going to find a better deal. I could show that to you and date all, all day long. And I have no data to back this up, but I imagine it's very similar, right? The counties were that have this list of overages out there for the world to see and the few people that know about it are on top of it every day right it, it, the competition on those is crazy um versus where it's harder to get you're probably going to have less people pursuing that yeah great um any quick tips on just how to get started <clears throat> Well, it, you know, as, as I mentioned, if, if it is something that you want to pursue, we're not, we, we can't really 
well, not only do we not have the expertise, we're not an educator, we can't really teach you how to do it, right? There's, I think there's educators out there, you can Google it, YouTube it, and, you know, to learn exactly the process you need to go through. But as far as getting the data to start it, which is finding out which property sold, what those excess funds are, you know, being a TSR member, going to sell results and downloading that, those lists will gives you, a, gives you a great starting point. Great. And I always like to end with, um, and we try to stress this all the time, not not just because we're not attorneys, but also where you want to go, talk to the county, read your state statutes. You know, you're going to have to do some digging. Um, as, as with everything in this tax sale investing space, it takes research, it takes diligence, it takes, um, you know, making sure that you understand and finding the right people. And then consulting an attorney most likely to ensure that you're on the up and up. So awesome. <clears throat> Definitely. Uh, any, any parting words, Brian? <laughs> no, I, I think you nailed it. Right. Is um, definitely speak to an attorney. I, the few folks I know doing it, you know, I'll say the right way at any sort of scale are actually attorneys, right? And I think you need to be in order to learn, learn, you know, the right way of communicating with the county, communicating with the previous owners and not going over any boundary you shouldn't go over. <clears throat> so um, definitely do your research. I'd say this is not a model that you're going to scale, you know, any size, but if it's something you want to do, you know, as, as casually, right, to see if you can get those few diamonds in the rough, you know, might be worth it. Who knows? All right. Well, thank you. Um, this little, little known, I'm going to deem it a little known world. Um, but I think becoming a bit bigger in the limelight with what is going on um, from a judiciary standpoint across the country. Um, and, you know, we'll see where it goes. I, I would say uh, stay in the know and go out there and, and do some research on this Tyler versus Hennepin County. There's a lot of other um, court cases that are kind of lingering out there as well about, you know, tax sale overages, excess funds and so forth. So stay in the know. And um, Brian, thank you so much for the information you were able to give investors and we'll um, encourage you to, you know, go out there and, and ensure that you're doing your research. That's the key. That's the key. To that is the key. Yeah. That's the key. Yeah. Good yeah. luck, everybody. Good luck. Happy investing. <laughs>